This is Point of View with Chris Berg. Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us. I want to start with some breaking news here. Just moments ago, President Trump was doing an interview on Fox News. He was asked, hey, there's been this conversation about why you haven't recommended the vaccine for COVID. Do you recommend the vaccine for COVID? And he said, yeah. He goes, yeah, I do recommend taking the COVID vaccine. So some big, big news there, especially considering coming up later in the show here, uh, he has now made a major announcement. He is running to be the next governor of the great state of Minnesota, the now famous Dr. Scott Jensen. So we'll ask him to get his take on President Trump saying yes for people to take the COVID vaccine. We wanna start here tonight, folks, and just to create some context and take a moment and just process about what I'm about to share with you. It is exactly one year ago today, exactly one year ago today that President Trump and his COVID task force team went into the White House press briefing room, stood up, which by the way, we'll get to that in a moment as well, and shared this with you. This is when they released their, remember, 15 days to slow the spread. A year ago today, they released their 15 days to slow the spread. So what I wanna do now is I wanna share with you kind of a mashup, if you will, from the press conference of that day. I'm going to share with you some sound bites from, oh, by the way, this is pretty astonishing. The President of the United States was at this presser. Mr. President, a lot of people are concerned about how long all of this might last. Do you, do you have any kind of estimate that if, if Americans really were to band together and right. do what the White House... We're going to get to that in a moment, but I'm having some fun here because if you don't know, that, that obviously was President Trump one year ago today. Folks, it's been 55 days, 55 days since Joe Biden has done a press conference as President of the United States. Just wanted to let you know that, just want to remind you. So give me a moment here, Zach. You're going to see President Trump speak here for a moment. Then you're going to see Dr. Fauci. Then you're going to see Vice President Pence and then Dr. Deborah Birx. Remember, Sort of the theme of the day one year ago today was, hey folks, we come together, we do this just 15 days, 15 days. Think about your life over the last year. What's gone on in your world? And one year ago today, we were told from supposed experts, just 15 days, give us 15 days to slow the spread. Here's the mashup. Mr. President, a lot of people are concerned about how long all of this might last. Do you, do you have any kind of estimate that if, if Americans really were to band together right. and do what the White House is suggesting, how quickly you could turn this corner? My favorite question, I ask it all the time. How many times, Anthony? I think I ask him that question every day, and uh, I speak to Deborah. I speak to a lot of them. I get the opinion. So it seems to me that if we do a really good job, uh, will not only hold the death down to a, a level that is uh, much lower than the other way, had we not done a good job. Uh, but people are talking about July, August, something like that. So it could be right in that period of time where it, I say wash, it washes through. Other people don't like that term, but where it washes through. So, so is this the new normal until the height of the summer? Uh, we'll see what happens, but they think uh, August could be July, could be longer than that. But I've asked that question many, many times. I think the question that I think maybe John asked about until July, 
the guidelines are a 15-day trial guideline to be reconsidering. It isn't that these guidelines are now going to be in effect until July. What the president was saying is that the trajectory of the outbreak may go till then. Make sure we don't think that these are is solid in stone till July. Yeah. This guidance for the next 15 days is what our experts say is the best opportunity we have to lower the infection rate over the entire course of the coronavirus. We had another silent epidemic, HIV. And I just want to recognize the HIV epidemic was solved by the community, the HIV advocates and activists who stood up when no one was listening and got everyone's attention. We're asking that same sense of community to come together and stand up against this virus. And if they, everybody in America does what we ask for over the next 15 days, we will see a dramatic difference and we won't have to worry about the ventilators and we won't have to worry about the ICU beds because we won't have our elderly and our people at the greatest risk having to be hospitalized. Dr. Fauci, now the lead person for Joe Biden's COVID team, Dr. Deborah Birx, right? These are epidemiologists, been on HIV for a long time. That's what she had, but she created that analogy, if you will, suggesting, hey, if we just do this for the next 15 days, that was 365 days ago. Just want to give you some context. Now, the other big question, obviously, that we've all been talking about over the past year is, do you mask or not mask? If you put a mask on, is that going to make a difference for this COVID situation or not? I want to play for you a couple clips that are very, very important. This is Dr. Fauci on 60 Minutes on March 8th, so a little bit more than a year ago, but March 8th asked about, hey, do masks help or not? Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. You're sure of it? Because people are listening really no, closely to this. Right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. When you're in the middle of an outbreak, wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better, and it might even block a, a droplet, but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. And often, there are unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask and they keep touching their face. Dr. Fauci, let me just quote this for you again, okay? Just over a year ago, mask or not mask, Dr. Fauci, who we now think is the holy grail of who we should be listening to around this COVID situation, right now there's no reason to be walking around in a mask, right? When, you, when you're in the middle of an outbreak, when you were in the middle of an outbreak, I'm quoting here, wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better, but it, it, might, might, it, might, it might block a droplet, but there's unintended consequences. All right, then you've got the U.S. Surgeon General. This also was on March 8th. I think there was some We'll leave it at that. This is also March 8th, Face the Nation, former U.S. Surgeon General, talking about what to do about COVID. Here's what he had to say. Thank you, but and you stay safe by washing your hands, by covering your cough, by staying home if you're sick. Masks do not work for the general public in preventing them from getting coronavirus. All right, and elbow bumps. U.S. Surgeon General, again, I will quote, just so we're all clear what was just said there by the U.S. Surgeon General on March 8th of 2020. And masks do not work for the general public in preventing them from getting coronavirus. I mean, has there been any more of a political conversation, rightly or wrongly, over the past 12 months regarding masks? Anytime we talk about masks on the show, we post it on social media. I mean, it just goes like wildfire. So 
Love to know your point of view on what's happened here over the past 12 months. And I want to share that with you because what a year it's been and what an incredible contrast from what we were told there to obviously what we're being told today. All right. Oh, and this I want to share with you. This is fascinating. Okay. This is the last three years of the S&P 500. And I want to share this with you because basically you see the high there in the middle of that graphic. That was December of 2020. Right now, we're basically at the high of the S&P 500, folks. The high from December of 2020, we are base. excuse me, 2019, I should say. We're basically now back to that high watermark for the S&P 500. Just fascinating what is happening. When you flush that much liquidity into the market, apparently those are some of the results you get. All right, joining us now via Skype. Oh, I've got to play one more soundbite here for you, please, folks, because this is very important. We're going to introduce our special guest here, Dr. Scott Jensen, in a moment. This was just under a year ago. This was April 7th of last year. Dr. Jensen joined us on the show. He had suggested that the COVID death numbers weren't accurate. I want to play this clip for you because the clip I'm going to share with you is on Twitter has been seen just on Twitter alone several million times, let alone all the other times it's been shown in different videos and whatnot. Here's some of what Dr. Jensen said just under a year ago. My heart is sinking right now as you're telling me this. You're, you're a doctor. Why in the world would they be sending you out information to fill out death certificates, whether the person's been diagnosed with COVID-19 or not, but then to say in the death certificate, this person's death was caused by COVID-19? That, that does not sound right to me. I went to the person in our office who does most of the death certificates over the last, you know, 10, 20 years. And I said, does this sound right? I had her look at the documents that I printed off. And she said, well, we've always been told that you always put down just facts. You don't put down any probabilities. You don't put any presumptions down. It's just what you know. And so this is concerning. And, and it actually gets to your point, Chris, when we start talking about the data that goes into the modeling, we have to ask ourselves a question. Are we being forthright? Are we sharing with the public? Minnesota, North Dakota, we don't need to be having it sugar-coated. We want to know but, what's going into your modeling. So with that being said, why would they want to skew the number of deaths due to COVID-19? Well, fear is a great way to control people. Joining us now live via Skype, Dr. Scott Jensen. Again, he made the announcement today he's running for governor for the great state of Minnesota. Dr. Jensen, great to have you with us. I want to start here, sir. Uh, the Minnesota DFL put out a statement today. I want to quote it and then ask you a question. It says Scott, Scott Jensen is a dangerous COVID-19 conspiracy theorist who's been caught spreading lies about the pandemic, palling around with anti-vaccine extremists and downplaying the virus that has taken over half a million American lives. First off, just your reaction to their statement, sir. I think that's exactly what people are sick of. That just sounds like politics as usual. Someone on the other side tries to demonize me. I've never been a COVID denier. I've always said it's a real thing. I donated my plasma to help people who have COVID-19. I was accused of many things, but I've been exonerated by the Board of Medical Practice a couple of times. The USA Today did a fact check on me and said, no, he's telling the truth. So. Honestly, that's not a place where I'm going to go. This is what people are absolutely tired of is this kind of political BS. Well, you always shoot straight. We appreciate that. So with that being said, and, and this statement, the reason I wanted to lead with that, sir, is that I don't know if you've heard this, but about 
20 minutes or, or so ago, President Trump was on an interview in Fox News. He was asked, hey, would you recommend taking the COVID-19 vaccine? He said, yes, I would recommend to, to people across the U.S. and the world to take this vaccine. As a doctor, your reaction to that, and would you recommend people take the vaccine? I don't get a chance to make that kind of a recommendation as just a lay person. I'm a physician, so when I make a recommendation, I need to have a little bit of information about a person's medical background, age, medical problems, medications, surgical history, and things like that. I see probably about 20 people a day, and I'd, I'd say that 15 ask me. And I would say that two-thirds of the time I recommend it, but it's always a personal choice. But I'd say about one-third of the time I'd say, well, I wouldn't do it. You're, you're expecting or you're pregnant or you're planning on getting pregnant or you're going to try to get pregnant or you're under the age of 18 or you've had the disease and you developed antibodies and we've confirmed that you have antibodies present. In those situations, I wouldn't recommend it. It always has to be a choice. And I try to deal with each patient request one at a time. Are you surprised that President Trump came out and recommended it? I think I'm a little bit, yeah, because I think having the native virus, the wild virus disease, probably gives us a chance to have a broader swath of antibodies created uh, to it. I have more than just spike protein antibodies. If you do an antibody to an, a nucleocapsid, and that's a positive antibody, that's an antibody you only get by having the disease. Getting a vaccine doesn't give you that antibody. So I still don't understand what the science is behind vaccinating people who had the disease and continue to have a measurable threshold of antibodies being present. That, to me, it makes me wonder, why are people pushing so hard for someone like Man. me to take a vaccine? Doc, you are reading my mind. I watched uh, President Joe Biden the other night, then I listened to Governor Walls the next day, and it's just push, push, push. And I, I got to ask you, maybe you know, is, the, is there some like if a state gets really high marks and the percentage of vaccinations, is there some financial incentive or, or are they just suggesting, hey, this is just about people's health or what's going on? I think this is one of the problems with politics is I think it's sort of a one brushstroke that covers everybody and sort of a one size fits all. It's interesting to me that initially when the emergency use authorization was being sought, by Pfizer and Moderna, the conversations that the FDA had with them were that we wouldn't be vaccinating kids under the age of 18, we would not be vaccinating pregnant women, we would not be vaccinating sexually active women not using contraception, and we would not vaccinate people who had had the disease and recovered. Fast forward a few weeks or a couple of months and things changed. I never saw what I would consider a data-driven explanation as to why we say we're going to inoculate across the nation. I don't know what's gonna happen when people are vaccinated with the COVID-19 vaccine that are pregnant. I, I just, I worry about that. So to me, there's been changing decisions and it's troublesome. Dr. Jensen, I got a couple more questions here. Then we wanna keep you through the break and talk obviously about you running for governor, what you would have done differently than Governor Walsh throughout COVID. But two more things quickly, sir, is one, uh, I'm sure you saw the news yesterday with the AstraZeneca uh, vaccine, which my understanding is the U.S. has not purchased any of that yet. And, and I guess my question is, when you see that, what kind of concerns does it raise for you? And what kind of questions should people like myself be asking our doctors about the vaccines that are in the United States? 
That's a great question, Chris. Certainly the AstraZeneca withdrawal has been discussed on multiple levels. One of the concerns being, did it need to be withdrawn? Should the concern regarding blood clots outweigh other considerations? I don't have access to the kind of scientific data I would need to make a good judgment on that. But I think it should make all of us aware and pause about a fast-tracked vaccine it can be a game changer. It can be wonderful for our society and return us to normal quicker. But when you fast track something, you have to worry about, were there some shortcuts taken that could be problematic down the road? Last question on this segment, sir. Um, I don't know if you watched Tucker Carlson the last night, he did an interesting bit about how, and I think you've talked about this in the past, just how a lot of these COVID restrictions seem arbitrary. The example I talked about last night was the fact that we've said, hey, six feet of social distancing, and yet there was a study done in a school in Massachusetts where they said whether you're six feet social distance or three feet social distance didn't make a hill of beans a difference when it came to the transmission of COVID. Just your response to how a lot of these things seem fairly arbitrary. Is that an accurate assessment or no? Well, it's either arbitrary or they have science that they're not sharing. For instance, Governor Walls yesterday turned the dials, but we still live under an 11 o'clock curfew in Minnesota in bars and restaurants. And I think what may be happening is Governor Walls may understand that I that something I don't, maybe at 11 o'clock, the COVID-19 virus particles really get active, <laughs> sort of like mosquitoes do at dusk. And so maybe that's why we're still under a curfew in Minnesota. All right, stay with us. Dr. Jensen's going to stick around as well. We're going to talk about his race for governor that's coming up in 2022, as well as obviously what would he do differently in this COVID situation versus Governor Walls and much, much more. So please share your point of view with us. Very easy to do. Email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. When we come back, more from Dr. Scott Jensen.